0: You're listening to audio from The Village Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or give to our ministry, please visit us at thevillagechurch.net. Well, Merry Christmas. It's uh, great to see you. I always think when we do this, which isn't very often, uh, that this is sweet. And and then there are people on staff, maybe one in this room, that's like, we should do this every year. And I say, no, we we won't do this. But I'll tell you what, 11 years from now, meet me right here, and, and we'll do that. Again, uh, It was three days before my 18th birthday um, when the Holy Spirit opened up my eyes to believe, to see the wickedness of my sin and the beauty of Jesus. So three days before my 18th birthday, uh, I become a Christian. I had had a friend that had been walking with me, answering questions, giving me books, taking me to church with him. And, and, and it took about a year. Uh, before the Holy Spirit ignited all that little kindling around my heart. Uh, and then 10 years later, as a 28-year-old, I was named the senior pastor uh, of Highland Village First Baptist Church. Quickly changed that title to lead pastor because senior felt like it didn't quite fit as a 28-year-old. Uh, I had never uh, really led adults, if you will. I had spent almost all of my time in youth ministry and college ministry. And so there were some questions about whether or not uh, I, as a 28-year-old with very little pastoral experience, in fact, this is my first and only pastorate, uh, could step into this and do it. And one of the things, uh, by the way, got here uh, Lauren was seven months pregnant with Audrey, who's almost 20, sitting uh, right here, not over there. She's like right here on the front row with that epic hat and great pajama pants. And um, and, and, and one of the things that would happen early on um, as I tried to lead and I tried to, and by the way, this church has nothing ever been anything but gracious to me. Uh, I mean, I mean, golly, when I think about some of the ways I was thinking as a 28 through 30 year old and the patience, like I see Wentz, see the Lowe's. I mean, there's just this group of men and women I feel so indebted to for their patience with me. Um, and, and there were these things, this, this kind of consistent thing would happen uh, in those early days where, where if we were, we were having an intense dialogue about holiness, about there would be men and women who were further along the, the, the way would, would in some way or another tell me that one day I would understand that when I got older, or when I had experienced more, or when I would that I would get it, and I would. And honestly, that always bothered me because I thought, "Man, I'm actually trying to base this off the scriptures, not my own experience. I'm trying to base this on what the Word of God says, not on." And and here's the truth: the truth, man, is I had some edges that needed to be softened, and I needed to be humbled in some significant ways. And the Lord did that in those. Seasons, But now as a 48-year-old, still have plenty of edges that need to be softened. I don't know how you went last night, but man, while we were worshiping at the seven, I had to lean over and apologize to my daughter for snapping. So I don't know how your night went, but I I can still feel my edges. If you think you're holier than that, email me. I'll give you a shot up here. Uh, And and so I've still got those edges. I'm still a work in process. And by the grace of God, his commitment to keep me low. Is, is one of the things I think is where I see his love for me most frequently, a refusal, a refusal to let me get puffed up. And, and now as a 48-year-old, still with edges that need to be softened, still needing to be kept low uh, by my own volition. I'm learning, let me try to do it so he doesn't have to get uh, all that involved in it. But I feel more confident than ever in the passage that we're about to look at together. I feel more rooted in, more confident in, like after um, seven years of a difficult marriage and the Lord brought us through. Seven years, that's a long time. Uh, after brain cancer and the Lord brought us through. In um, public failures and private failures and the Lord brought us through. Trying to navigate the lives of teenagers and the Lord brought us through and is bringing us through. Through. Uh, On and on I could go. The the testimony that I see more clearly now than I have ever seen in my life is that in him is life and that life is the light of men and the light is shown in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. Like I I can see it. I'm looking around this room. You know it. Like, man, I, I was just telling Patterson this. That the Pattersons had these two rows taken up last night with multiple generations of faithfulness and the redemption of brokenness. Like, I was just deeply moved by, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, multiple generations, brokenness everywhere, and the Lord just put them back together. He, you guys been through it. You've been through it. And, and the Lord's, like, like, you know this. You can see, like, in him is life. In, in him is life, and that life is the light. And the light shone, shone in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. Mean, it's just all over these two. I'm just looking around the room, man. Gosh, I mean, I know some of you. I know some of you. Andersons, you've been there. And the Lord brought you through. Like the light shone in the darkness. and the, the dark. Like I, I, can, I mean, I know your story. He did it. I'm just looking around the room, man. It's just all over. The walkers, you've been through it. Shannon, you've been through it. Kim Bulpah, you've been through it. I'm just, you, the Kings, you've been through it. You've been a little bit of something now. Right? I mean, I'm just looking like this is, Michelle, you're in it. I mean, this is. Like like we're, we're testifying to the truth and goodness that in him is life. And that life is the light of men. And that light has shone in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. Scott Ayers, Lindsay, you guys have been through it. I'm just keep the Powell's, you've been through it. I mean, gosh, it's just the testimony of this room. heinschmidt you've been through it. That in him is life. And that life is the light of men. And that light has shone in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. In fact, this idea that in him is life is one of the key themes in the gospel of John. It is everywhere on repeat. In John chapter four, he meets the, the woman at the well and he puts his hand on her deepest wound. For what reason? So that life might bubble up like springs of living water unto eternal life. If you've been in church or you've been here for a while, then you know John 10, 10, right? That Christ has come, that you might have life and have it to the full. And one of my favorites that doesn't get, I don't think enough play, is John 6 when Jesus teaches hard man like he teaches a hard message unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you can have no part of me and the crowds that were following him because they weren't getting the miracles they weren't getting to rub the lamp and have their wishes met they left and the leaving was so significant that Jesus turns to his disciples and says will you leave me now too and you remember what Peter said where would we go like you have the words of life do you hear the theme? That in Christ is life. And that life is the light of man. What's up, babe? You don't, okay, you better get back to mom, man. You come up here, we gonna talk. All right. Now, in Jesus, if y'all didn't see, there's just a beautiful little baby running around up front, freer than I am right now, and I dig it. So you, you've got Jesus who, who is life. He is life. Inningenberg, you've been through it. He is life, and that life, that presence, being in him, that union, that's the light of the world. That's the light in you and I. Anything good in us, any kind of light in us stems from this life that is in Christ, this union with him. I've loved this quote for years. In fact, if you were here, you've, heard, you've been here, you've heard me use this quote right about a bajillion times. Let's just make it a bajillion and one. This is Friedrich Bruner. Come into union with the word who made you, and you will come to life. You came from him. Please come back to him. You were made for him. The result of this reunion will be more than human existence. It will be human life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that light actually spills forward into verse five in what I'll just call victorious living, a life of victory. And verse five, we, we we've echoed it last night, we echoed it again this morning, that the light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness. Has not overcome it. Now, there's something really interesting in verse five that's not in the first four verses of John 1, which is this massive Christological picture of who Jesus Christ is, the Son of God. In the beginning was the Word, right? I mean, this profound 10 verses that kicks off the Gospel of John. But up until verse five, all of our verbs have been various forms of past or past continuous tense. But now something new happens in this verse in particular, right? He writes this in the Greek that it is in the present ongoing action. So you could actually add the word on to this idea of shine. So really a better way to read verse five would be this. The light shines on still even now in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So that John wants us to know. He wanted them to know and he wants us to know that the light of Christ shining in the darkness and overcoming darkness isn't some past happening, but it's a continuous action that's available to you and I that a life of victory found in the presence of Jesus is here for you and for me. And I'm just trying to, like, try, just trying to fuel your joy this morning like you're, you're here on Christmas morning. Doreen, you've been through it and he brought you through. Danny Spencer, you've been through it and he brought you through. I'm telling you, it's just the hails, he brought you through it. I mean, everywhere in here, he's the light, and that light is the life of man, and darkness has not overcome it. And if we look at all the dark forces arrayed against Jesus in his life, we see the victory that's been made available to us, like everything against him. The forces aligned against Jesus, yet sin the fractured universe, Jesus doesn't come into a world that's not sinful and broken. He comes into our world with every bit of brokenness, with every bit of perversity, with every bit of heartbreak, with every bit of loss. In fact, things were probably much darker in that moment in human history because the it has been working its way through the world. Western civilization was established in a way that brought law and order and peace, and the Christian faith has moved and transformed even how liberty and life and equality is thought about. Much darker back then. He enters into a sinful world. That sinful world was not neutral to his coming. It was hostile to his coming. Um, you, you had Satan against him. Now here's what's... Like, like: There are demonic principalities and powers at work around you, trying to distract you and deceive you, and, and to, to draw you what, what in, into what is false. My guess is none of you have Satan himself. I mean, maybe you're a bigger deal than we can see with human eyes. But by and large, the the guy himself is probably not the one. But what we read about repeatedly is it's Satan that tempts Jesus. It is Satan that comes after Jesus. It is Satan that tries to deceive and pull and trick and manipulate, even quoting the Bible to Jesus, to try to get Jesus to come out of submission to the Father. He's got the sinful world like you and I, but he's got Satan. Now, you've got some baby demons around you and they ain't to be trifled with. But I'm just saying, when we got Satan and then on top of Satan, he had the secular world. He had Rome arrayed against him. Like, no matter what, where you are on the political spectrum, and I know where we are, so I can pretty much guess where most of us quasi-land like, it's a mess out there, and there seems to be plenty to worry about. But it ain't nothing like what Jesus was experiencing when it came to the Roman Empire. Ain't no Bill of Rights in Rome. Ain't no due process in Rome. Ain't no, I, I don't need to keep going, Right? And then you had the religious world. He not only had the secular world that was against him, but he had the religious world against him. And on repeat in the Gospels, it's the Sadducees and Pharisees. It's it's supposed to be the experts in the law that harass and badger and undermine and ultimately seek to have him killed brutally. And then lastly, and, and I love this one, this one gives me a lot of hope for myself his own disciples. I Like that he never loses heart in this group of men is one of the things that has fueled, I think, my fortitude over the last 20 years. Because if he doesn't lose heart in these guys, he's not going to lose heart with me. If he doesn't kick any of those guys out and try to find a better replacement then I'm safe. All this arrayed against him, and he conquers. How do we know he conquers? We, we see him conquering in his resurrection, and I know that's Easter, but you can't, you can't separate out the incarnation from his death and resurrection. You can't really even celebrate fully the coming of Jesus as a baby and, and tease out his death and resurrection because if he doesn't die and resurrect, then we don't really need to celebrate his coming. And his ultimate victory is made visible that all these forces that are still at play around us, like I, if I had more time, we could walk through it. Got some anxiety about the secular world. They don't, they don't seem to be overly friendly towards us. I mean, we're not getting killed yet, but they, they certainly were an obstacle to progress. Government seems to have lost its mind on multiple fronts. And I don't even care what, what side of the spectrum you're on. Nobody's going, this is going great. No one. Maybe someone. No one I know, right? We we knew that. Um, anybody find religious people to be more hostile and angry than most these days? Maybe even enemies to the gospel itself. All the while under the banner of trying to purify the gospel. I mean, what a wreck we're in. And Jesus steps into the soup and he conquers it, and he's raised from the dead. And John is for you and I today saying, "Hey." The light still shines on in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. And I'm standing in front of a room of overcomers who would testify, I've been there, and he brought me through it. And and so maybe you're here today, and you're in it. Maybe my encouragement to you today could just be, man, if you're in it, hang in there. If you go this afternoon, read the first two chapters of Revelation, you will hear this to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes. And these massive rewards for those who overcome. We don't overcome with white-knuckled discipline. We overcome by his presence. In him is life, and that life is the light of men. Not in your discipline, not in your New Year's resolutions, not in your not-this-year's, your overcoming by clinging to the presence of Jesus, allowing him to renew your spirit. One day at a time. Gosh, some of you, one hour at a time. You're just looking at me. Man, just hang in there today, man. Just cling to him. I, don't, I mean, just hang in there. Mark, you've been through it, and he brought you through, brother. I was there when the light came on, man. I just Every time I see you, I'm just reminded of the grace of God. I love you, man. Like you, Just one more day. Just one more day, grab hold of him. In him is life. And that life is the light of man. And the light is shown in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Christ has come. Jesus, we praise you that you have come. Holy Spirit, that you awakened our hearts to know it and to believe it and put our faith in it. We praise you. I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning, maybe people at home watching online. Help us overcome. Thank you that darkness hasn't overcome it. Thank you for, man. there's testimonies in this room I don't know anything about. But we're here. So we bless you and we praise you and we want our lives to be marked by joy and gladness today. Yes, because of presents and feasting and, and good food and wine, but more so Because you have come and you have brought life. And as much as we cling to that, our lives begin to shine like lights. And whatever present darkness is here, you have overcome it. So strengthen our hands to overcome. It's for your beautiful name I pray. Amen.